The world has been conquered by dragons. Only small bands of humans remain in a new reign. A reign of fire. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. How big Matthew McConaughey was? Oh my goodness, that man. He used to be a that monster. <laughs> he used to be a monster. <laughs> I was a bit surprised by the bald head myself. Yeah, that, that too. Was impressive. That too. I mean, this was this was uh, right before Ghost of Girlfriends Past or whatever his other movies are. <laughs> With Renee. With Renee. I love Renee Zellweger in that movie. I love Renee. <laughs> Yes. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airways, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, we are discussing Reign of Fire. Mm-hmm. With me is the American, formerly from Kentucky, but no longer Alex. <laughs> yes, yes. Joined by uh, the man... Still in Kentucky, but from multiple places. Eric. Well-traveled, I guess you could say. (laughs) Well-traveled. Yeah, man. Uh, Rain of Fire. It's an interesting one. It's a movie. You you grew up watching Mm -hmm. this. I did. I used to love this movie as a kid. uh, Yeah. I mean, I I guess you weren't like a kid kid, but I mean, you were like high school, early high school. I know this is middle school. I mean, this is a uh, eighth grade, man. Two thousand two. Dang, maybe. You, I had, yeah, yeah. There is no reason that I shouldn't have seen this film. Oh no yeah. Reason? I have. I have no idea why I didn't see this film. Right? Like, there's nothing in it that makes me not see it. But like, I didn't, and I should but, have because it's pretty. It was pretty fun. Yeah, I would have liked. It's one of those that you miss for some reason. I get that. I definitely yeah, have some movies kind of like it. that. It's weird. It's this a movie that I shouldn't have missed, but I did. I don't know. Probably in the yeah. middle of a move or something when it came out. So never saw it. But all right, let's get into it then. Shall we? <laughs> let's do it. 2002's Reign of Fire tells a different kind of post-apocalyptic tale. A post-apocalyptic tale where it's not zombies that have taken over the world, but dragons. Mm. Giant, fiery dragons. A monster in their own right, Reign of Fire doesn't pull punches. But does it give us a genuine giant monster movie, Alex? I mean, technically, are there giant monsters? Yes, I think. I mean, dragons, no matter how big, seem to not fit in my mind as a giant monster, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. makes zero sense when I think about it. Right. You know, I, I, it's kind of like dinosaurs not make it, not being classified as a giant monster in some ways. Kind of, yeah. I, 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 I will say that the alpha in here is pretty intimidating, and he might yeah. qualify. Because um, when you see it, its overall size compared to the females, mm-hmm. man, what a great moment. Yeah. It's so, it's, it's like very shocking when you see how big it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, uh, 
I mentioned before, at least I think I did on here, maybe it was MVM Plus, I'm not sure, that, I, like I was saying, I was a big fan of this. I think I t- talked a little bit more <laughs> more about it at one point, but when it came out in theaters, I saw this thing three times. Three times. Two of them were in the same day. Only oh, a man. few movies got that treatment. <laughs> not all the movies I went and saw deserved that, <laughs> to be fair. Eight-Legged Freaks, you did deserve it, though, my friend. <laughs> now, that was then, and this is now. And I was genuinely concerned about watching this movie again, because this is one that I really reflect back on fondly. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> were young Alex's tastes similar or very different from today? Or what I actually thought would maybe be the case here is that, you know, this movie has CGI. Has it aged horribly? And I am very happy and a little surprised to report that Reign of Fire manages to hold up in every way to me. Honestly, I'm a little flabbergasted that this came out in 2002. But what I really, really want to know, am I blinded by nostalgia, Eric? Mm. Or is this a pretty fun movie? (laughs) Well... It seems like you're kind of having a similar sort of feeling about it as I was having towards Brain Dead a couple of weeks ago. You know, a movie that I looked fondly on in <laughs> high school, but which wasn't sure what it would be like rewatching it again uh, in my mid 30s. So, real quick, to be honest, and to answer the question that I put in my introduction, if I had seen this when it came out, which again, for whatever reason, I didn't, I wouldn't have ever thought about classifying it as a monster film but it's a fantasy film I, I i get that dragons can be considered giant monsters but if that's the case we might as well review game of thrones alex uh, oh, <laughs> however with all that being said i'm glad we are reviewing it as a 21st century giant monster film which welcome to the series by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're revisiting some of our 21st century giant monster films in this series i'm glad we're doing this because i really enjoyed this movie it's refreshingly sincere compared to the oh-too-often cynicism-infused, self-ironic blockbuster fantasies that we get today. I mean, the premise of this film is completely off the wall and insane. Everything in this movie is at 100 miles per hour, and all the meaning is right there on the nose for the taking. That's what I liked about it, honestly, Alex. If this were made in 2023, it would be a 10-episode series. But Reign of Fire the movie says, no, we're going to develop all these characters sincerely, turning enemies into allies (laughs) in about five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're right. They do they do go from enemies to allies pretty quickly. It, and it is a little off-putting after McConaughey gets Christian Bale's Quinn's home completely annihilated with his negligence. That's oh, awesome. Let's, but, let's get one thing straight. It's actually awesome. <laughs> it is a cool moment. It's a very cool moment. But after losing everything... I can, I guess I could see like Quinn's just like I have nothing mm-hmm. to lose anymore. Let's just mm-hmm. do this thing. And sure enough, now they're best buddies <laughs> and they're totally simpatico. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, the plants are gone. The home is gone. They already mentioned that it was going to be rough anyway. Now it's like, well, you got nothing to lose mm-hmm. by just going out and trying to kill all of these things. Yep. And so if the dragons aren't gone, people are gone. I mean, they lose everything yep. in this movie. But I, I, I do, I do like that they have some sort of weird middle ground within five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know useful that they're able to work together because it's a pretty cool final encounter. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I will say though, I really like how the characters are done here. Yes, we do have a, the admittedly rushed allies, yeah, but the characters are fun. Like they're hard, but they're kind of soft as well. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> uh, Van Zahn even while saying rousing speeches or speaking about fallen comrades, he's like an incredibly worn down man. He has tears in his (laughs) eyes, even when he's giving these speeches, talking about anything really like 80% of the movie. He's he's crying. He's got tears in his eyes yet. His voice never wavers or falters. And I think this may sound silly, but this film is a really strange showcase (laughs) for Matthew McConaughey. Which feels like a very strange scene considering his catalog of films. But I think he does a really great job acting. No, you're not going to hear arguments from me there, man. That's what I'm saying. It's all so sincere. Like, yeah, it's it's all so sincere. So from a rational point of view, um, (laughs) that last point that I made about it being rushed would normally be my main criticism of the film. And yet that rational criticism is for some reason why the movie feels so fresh. I mean, rationally, Quinn would never develop like he does. He reveals all about mm-hmm. himself incredibly quickly. Wears his emotions and his backstory on his sleeve. His relationship with Van Zan and Alex grows so quickly, you have to do double takes, right? Here's the great part. <laughs> Here's what I like. Van Zan and Alex reciprocate that openness and encourage it with Van Zan, which I've said about three different ways now, <laughs> even telling Quinn as he stares into the abyss and dreams of his backstory in the shaft, use it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the hero's journey. This is a hero's journey movie with a few twists along the way. It's a mythological tale full of kings, knights, and angels. Uh yeah, dude, it, it's cool. I, it's just, and the thing is, is that Van Zandt doesn't even know what happened. He just knows something important. Yeah, right? he has when no he idea. He just used it. <laughs> but he could tell, yeah, he could just tell Quinn's like feeling something. And mm-hmm. you know, Van Zandt's been there a hundred times. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's just cool. And it's, it, the thing about the film is, like you said, everything is so earnest. Like, the overall story is, while completely ridiculous, and similar to another movie we kind of watched, it admittedly came out, like, last year, Troll, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> its overall story is actually interesting, and I think it really plays out in some cool ways, like, with its world building and everything else. But, for me, it's that world building that really sells a lot of the film for me. You know, there's a lot of great acting and effects and everything. Like, that moment when they're rolling up to London, and there's a question on some people's mind on whether 
it was a nuke that destroyed everything around them? Or or what was it? And he says, you know, it was a dragon. And the Archangels moment and how the regiment works when they're jumping out of the chopper to take down a dragon. It's such a cool, tense moment. Like, you, it's hard to believe that this worked probably yeah. several times. Yeah. There's like, Admittedly, go these for are... it. Like, and they did. No one, no yeah, one has like... to do something like that anymore, right? Like, what would be a cool idea? Let's attack a, let's attack a dragon <laughs> by parachuting off of a helicopter. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. And then they actually tried it. Right? It doesn't happen. Yeah, like it's, it's, it. Everything is it. too safe nowadays. What happened in 2002 when we jumped out of helicopters to kill dragons? Alex? Yeah, the whole plan is just to nab this thing's wings. And it's just like, it's completely ridiculous. But it's such an awesome moment. And it is so tense. And when it, what's really cool about this movie, it is PG-13. But there are some moments where you're like, that was kind of brutal. But but they get away with it with clever things like showing the radar blip going down really fast oh, yeah. and then just slamming it to the ground. You don't ever see the guy hit the ground. But that, you're like, when you see that happen, you're like, oh. For sure. <laughs> like, pretty, like, like I, I, I love those moments. It, it's just so cool. But like you said, there's an element here of not playing things safe and really giving this movie everything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like you say it, it's just what's so charming and impressive about it you know i i do think <clears throat> the only lore thing that i'm not crazy about is that the dragons eat ash because why wouldn't they have built or why wouldn't they have burnt down the field already to eat it if that's what they eat so I, that part didn't really make sense for me but everything else is wonderful world building I just had so much fun with this film. I think it's just, I think it's a, it's a pretty easy recommend for me for a lot of people, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's one that I think probably a lot of people missed. Mm, yeah. So to get into the themes a little bit, Alex, one of the themes I enjoyed in this film is the push and pull between staying and going between safety and risk, proactivity and reactivity, shelter and fight. What is the best strategy? when the world makes your people into a minority, do you retreat in isolation or do you fight back? And really this Mm. is the back and forth between our characters here, of course. And it's seen most clearly in Quinn and Van Zahn. It's a religious tale in a lot of ways, some obvious and some more subtle. But if you can believe Mm. anything, like that's, that's, I mean, more subtle, if you can believe anything in this film can be subtle, Alex. <laughs> I, I like that angle of what we got here quite a bit. There's there's some interesting ideas actually happening in the background of this movie. It, it's not too hard to see. They're not trying to like do anything like under the radar here. But man, mm. it all works together pretty well. And I think it comes back to what you said, which is the world building. This movie doesn't work. The themes don't work. If you don't have a world that, despite its outlandish premise, is still somehow believable. Yeah. And and that's really what a lot of it comes down to, I think, for what makes it special. But, Eric. Yeah. What do we got going on? 
at NVM Plus this week. <sighs> NVM Plus, Alex. Well, it's been a week since we last talked on NVM Plus, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and we have to see if I've caught up on those episodes like I promised that I would. Oh yeah, uh, I can't wait we'll to, have hear. to check that, and and you'll have to give us. Uh, Hope you've seen Guardians, but we'll I see. haven't seen it by the by the recording. Nope, 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 nope. My gosh, you have! Oh man. Well, we're just gonna get into a whole lot of shenanigans. We'll probably talk Rain of Fire. Probably have a lot of inside jokes, and probably ruin the surprise of podcasting forever over <laughs> at patreon.com <laughs> forward slash MVM Pod. Become a bargain base mate at patreon.com forward slash MVM Pod and support the show. Let's get into our awards, though, Alex. Compelling character award. Who'd you have? How do you get to that dad? We all know who I'm talking about, right? The dad who has already lost kids. Then he goes out to the fields to try to leave and, and harvest some crops. Then he loses another kid. And then he comes back. And then he goes back out with Van Zandt. Only to get completely wiped out with one swoop. <laughs> like, like, in all seriousness, I do think... His character is a really interesting illustration of someone who, I mean, very poor decision making, but it's really the showing the desperation of the times, right? How fractured people are becoming and how they're willing to put a lot of people in danger, even their own, their own family, to try to make it in this world. And eventually it becomes more of something about revenge for him mm-hmm. and... That's that what ends up getting destruction. Him yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm talking about, though, Alex. That's interesting about this film. It's Quinn's struggle, too, right? But you see it encompassed just a little bit ahead of time with that dad. Um, what is the best way to protect your family? Is it to shelter in place or is it to leave? Um, very interesting. My, my compelling character award is Von Zahn, Van Zan, Von Zane. Van Zon. That guy that guy's crazy, just like his <laughs> name, bro. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, you don't just take an axe and jump at a dragon and kill yourself if you're not just a little bit crazy. But he's also, I mean, it's his edge that makes him interesting. It's what makes him uh, kind of hated at first by Quinn, but also makes him this leader you know i also just love mm-hmm. the fact you know th- th- this movie again in its sincerity just does some really fun like uh comeback arounds you know like the part mm-hmm. where uh van zan is like <laughs> you know they're having the argument with quint at the beginning he's like i lead and you follow yes. and then at the end you know he said he tells quinn <laughs> you lead we'll follow and then he ends up still taking the reins and telling everybody what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't help it. But it's it's just funny. The the film does several moments like that completely unironically. And I love it. The, you know, there was something about this film that I didn't. So for some reason, despite seeing it like three times back when I was a kid, I didn't pick up on. I always thought that I always remembered Matthew McConaughey's character kind of just biting the dust for no reason. But when I watched oh, it yeah. again, I was like, oh no, that's definitely not the case. Like, right, he's right. the whole reason the dragon gets grounded. Now, the film mm-hmm. doesn't really 
I don't think illustrate it maybe quite enough that the mm. dragon is wounded. Like, yes, we see it happen, yeah. but it's kind of off in the distance. And you have to pay attention to the details of the dragon to see that it's wounded. And it was always a suicide mission for Van Zandt to go up there. Yeah, and so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, 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 I got to say, yeah, great moment, great moment. <laughs> anyway, Eric, what about your most memorable line award? Well, it goes to Van Zandt, of course. And it's during his speech. Well, he's coming into the speech during the celebration. And he says, be the country that has heroes, huh? pity the country that needs them yeah i <laughs> um, pity the country that needs them i love it yeah yeah <laughs> it's so great good. great <laughs> what about you i like this is another van zan line like he's trying to get them to just like get out he says look out the window eden isn't burning it's burnt mm, that's <laughs> another great line <laughs> i mean does he not does he have a line that's not great in this movie no no no, that's like, what about your can't believe the acting award, Alex? <laughs> I gotta give it to Matthew McConaughey as Van Zandt. <laughs> he does again. Well, you stole mine to... because I was trying to go for all Matthew McConaughey Van Zandt here. But all right, continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just he just knocks it out of the park. Like I said earlier, like this man has eight, tears in his eyes eighty percent of the film, <laughs> but he still is talking with a completely stoic. Not stoic. He's very emotional, but with a very level voice mm. when he's speaking. And I, I just, again, I think this is actually a really great Matthew McConaughey showcase. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> Which just feels ridiculous yeah. about a movie that dragons crawl out of London. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Isabella Skorupko, who plays Alex here. Um, she, I like how she at the end, I think she showcases her performance very much until the end of the film when she's like actually terrified. <laughs> she's like oh, yeah. in, in not in her element and she's actually terrified at the end. There's an interesting sort of shift in her that I was impressed by where at first you're just like, ah, who is this random person that kind of looks like Margot Robbie, right? Like before she was a thing. Uh, but actually showcases her acting in that fear at the end of the film. Um, and so because you already took Van Zandt and I'm not going to go with Christian Bale, I've got to go with Isabella Skorupka. Right. Right. And she, I think she's a good pick. Yep. Christian Bale's good All too. Right. I'm, not, well, I'm not saying he's not. He is. And, and you know what? Little shout out to a little, uh, little somebody who I think everybody forgets about. A little Gerard Butler's Creedy. Who, who who gets a surprising demise? Yeah, like it's very sudden it's when he very gets killed. Sudden. Yeah, he walks out and gets crispy real quick. Yeah, like you like you feel like he's probably in jeopardy. Yeah, but you don't expect it to happen right in front of everybody. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's like like again though, like that's just something in this film where. <laughs> Yeah, in another movie, it would have happened later. <laughs> but here, it's just like, no, we're going to let it happen right here. <laughs> uh, right in front yeah, of everybody. Exactly. Yeah. What about your, oh, that's a good shot award, Alex? I got to give it to the giant dragon reveal. You know, they're sitting outside of London. They see all these, like, hundreds of dragons just swarming around. It seems, like, impossible to get it. And then you see the big one come. Mm. And it's like, it's... uh. 
it's just a silhouette with all the fog around it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's just really cool imagery before it like kind of reveals itself a bit more. Yeah. Oh yeah. What about you, Eric? So mine goes to the Van Zandt suicide jump. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. Has to be. <laughs> That's what I was gonna put. <laughs> I mean, there. I mean, there are some other good shots, but I mean, come on, that one's epic. You're just gonna remember that one for sure. It also includes probably the most screen screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but somehow it's it still might awesome. technically be the worst shot, but it's the best <laughs> shot. Let's be honest. <laughs> now, Eric, uh-huh. what do you have for your unique award? So I mentioned how they like to bring things back around. I liked um, the the bringing back around when Quinn says he's he's quoting Creedy here. Um, when he seem, they seem outnumbered at the end versus the dragons, he says, look at the bright side again, which is what Creedy had said to him earlier on. And Quinn is kind of portrayed as this pessimist of a character. And so it's funny to hear, and, and, and Creedy was the optimist, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fun to see him bringing back around Creedy's line. It's a subtle touch to Creedy. It's a nice tie back. You got you got to love some of those sincere tie back arounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, 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 there is several now. Yeah, my award goes to something that I thought was really impressive: the story that Creedy and Quinn are crafting. Mm. This is most original <laughs> story award. Whatever that I would, I would, I just wanted to see the rest of this story that they created for these children. Where there, there's like this light dark dynamic, and someone, someone's dad. Yeah, I, I, man, it's I was captivated. That. Yeah, they should make a, they should make a movie <laughs> they should. about that. They should. Like whoever yeah, wrote a little this spin-off. story, whoever wrote this movie should really create a spinoff of that scene. Yeah, and like, like, and what I think would be really good is like really make it really good, and then just drive it into the ground. I bet Disney would be inter- <laughs> interested in something like that, Alex. Ooh, that does sound like something they'd like to do. <laughs> well, let's get into our final thoughts and tiered rating. I'll go ahead and start. I'll go ahead and start. So for me, Reign of Fire is something I should have seen long ago. I think it's incredibly sincere, incredibly refreshing. Um, I would recommend this to just about anyone, honestly. <laughs> and I tell you what's, what I find funny about it. And, and what I find interesting is I think films like this, though, is is some of the things that we see today being released. And I know I, I become this curmudgeon sometimes when we start talking about Hollywood blockbusters today. I know. But everything is is kind of we, we look at everything with um with a 10 foot pole. Right. And it's like there has to be this sense of irony because nobody wants to be sincere anymore, right? Oh, right. And so everything has to be full of irony in all of our films. In, in our fantasy films, we're going to put a, a bunch of irony in here, just so you know that we're not taking ourselves too seriously. Because if we take ourselves too seriously, it's not cool anymore, right? Like That's how every film feels nowadays. But this film completely does the opposite. Like, I don't care what anybody thinks, right? We're going to be sincere because this story is cool and it's just simple and it's the hero's journey and it doesn't matter, right? Like, it's going to be fun even without that irony. Like, the backlash to films like this is what's created the films that we see with all that irony. It's like some someone looked at this film and was like, 
cringe. I'm going to make a film where we're really self-aware and we can laugh at ourselves the whole time, which don't get me wrong. There's a, there, there's some films that do that really well, but we don't need every single film to do that. We need films that are willing to be more sincere and more just tell us outlandish story with no apologies. We get that yeah. with Rain of Fire. I, do I think it's a Godzilla tier film? It feels like it. <laughs> my, my speech there made it seem like it. <laughs> Everything that I've said about this film makes me, makes it seem like it. But, I mean, I don't think this is like a transcendent film in a way. Like, I'm not like looking at this and thinking it's incredibly groundbreaking in terms of its CGI, though it does hold up like you mentioned. Right. Oh my it god! Holds I can't up. believe yeah, how well it holds up. It's better than a lot of stuff. Of even now. Yes, like CGI has not progressed in twenty years, Alex. Like, it turns, turns out, out yeah. like it really hasn't. Right, unless you're James Cameron. Okay. Everybody else, <laughs> yeah. no one, no one can do it. No one can do it. Right, like they did. <laughs> right. Seriously? Apparently. So. But it's it's not incredibly groundbreaking in terms of of the effects, right? They. It was it's really good effects. It's not groundbreaking in terms of the story, though. As I said, I like the story a lot. It's not. It doesn't have any incredibly sophisticated meaning, though. I think there are some interesting themes here. This is just that film that I would recommend. I really enjoy, and it just fits right at the top of my Gamera tier. I think it's a good, good film. It may not be at that greatest level. But it doesn't matter. It's it's a really good film that I would recommend to just about anyone. Oh, yeah. I, I, honestly, I'm a little surprised at how high you are on it. I'm 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 thrilled. You like you like my thrilled. you like my passionate uh, yeah. Plea your passionate high rain, camera to rain of fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but everything you said, I'm right there with you. This is. It's refreshing. I want a goofy story told seriously yes. <laughs> sometimes. Like you said, I don't need my the tongue in my cheek all no. the time. It's so it it's fun, like you said, in certain situations, but not everything has to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad this, that's one of the reasons why this is, like you said, so refreshing. Not only that, but there's a lot of shock here. Uh, wonderfully acted characters, mm-hmm. really tense moments. That final battle is cool. Really fun, planned out. It ends kind of abruptly, <laughs> yeah. but it's been built up to for a while, so it's kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like I just think that the world building here really even elevates the film even more and just gives us some pretty haunting and grim scenarios for our team. I I just, I really like this film from like top to bottom. I have almost nothing to complain about. Yeah. And I'm kind of like you, Eric. Not that I'm pretentious like you, but oh, geez, <laughs> it's like, I, <laughs> but what I mean is like I know that you can enjoy a Hollywood blockbuster, and then in the back of your mind, you're going. Even though I liked every single thing about this, is it a Godzilla tier? Yeah. And that's kind of how I'm feeling. I'm like, is it? 
even though I don't really have a complaint about the film. And so as I say that out loud, I think I realize that maybe it is a low Godzilla tier for me. I love it. I love it. Because I can't complain about anything. I was thrilled about the entire film. And I can't believe how much fun I had. I was like captivated. My phone was not going to be looked at while I was watching this. Like, I'm going to give it a low Godzilla tier. Uh, and I'm going to I'm gonna see how I feel over the weeks. Uh, by the time we do another recap, see if it still sits oh, there. Yeah. But right now, it is sitting higher than I would have ever imagined. <laughs> I like it. No, I like it, Alex. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, next week, we go in a different direction with Annihilation. Mm. Uh, will it meet our specification, Alex? Or... We not feel the acceleration. I just hope that when we watch Annihilation, that we feel some sort of elation. Mm. And and that I wonder if it's all about creation. I don't know. Here we go. Ooh, as always, <laughs> thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men, where every once in a while, Alex has a nice rhyme. <laughs> Leave us <laughs> feedback. Like, I mean, once every hundred episodes. <laughs> Leave us feedback on this episode at mvmpod.com or email us mvmpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. Become a bargain base my at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. If you can't join at this time, a review or share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette, executive producer Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Kamala Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Subblock B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't forget to take credit for that movie you saw 20 years ago. And try <laughs> to stay alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. The monster, whoops, that was wrong.